is Christine Conti, and you are listening to best-selling author of Split Second Courage. What if your fears were the key to your dreams? That's right, everyone. Available on Amazon right now as an ebook or paperback. Grab your copy today and unleash your inner superhero. What is holding you back from living the life you truly deserve? It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how you doing? I'm good. I almost feel like that introduction that we just did, that on the microphone, was just a little bit too hype for the, today's conversation, because today's conversation was just like soulful. So good. It was good for the soul today. So good. And God, you know what? I needed it, Christine. You're welcome. Yeah, thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you very much. That's right. Brian's You're- always like, all right, if you know, one of the guests is more like, you know, I know them more, or Brian knows them, or, you know, he's like, all right, so who is this? And I'm like, oh, just wait. Just wait. Right. I do that too. And Who is this person? Ah, don't worry about it. Just, you know. You're going to love them. Yeah. And that is exactly what happened with Kamna Curdy today, who you're going to hear. I crossed paths with her because we were both on a storytelling competition event. And I just, I loved her energy. I loved her story. And I felt that you all needed to hear a little bit more about her journey leaving India to the United States and now Canada and what she's been through, her resilience and how she really has healed herself through writing and is, I mean, has gone viral a few times. She writes with uh, Medium and also her YouTube. She's just fantastic. You're going to love this. I I loved it. It was, you know, it was just like an honest conversation, a great conversation with somebody who I'd never met before, obviously. And and, you know, you just walk away feeling good about them and about you and just like happy for them and, you know, inspired by them and, and, uh, you know, a lot of stories. And, and like I said, it all just leads with the truth. And she's just, you know, found herself writing about something that she never thought that she would ever write about, which is art history and interpretation of art. And it's just, you know, really pretty neat and fantastic and, you know, always a little health and wellness and, and uh, y- you know, backdrop to it, which is, you know, in this case, some yoga and some meditation and how, you know, it helped her heal from certain life ha- happenstances and circumstances that, uh, you know, just uh, to let her to where she is now, which is happy. And uh, I think that that's what's something that we're all seeking. So uh, very excited about this one. Christine, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And uh, if you're looking to work on some things in life, um, I think Kamna will remind you to work on the things that make you happy. I can't say it any better. Let's wrap it with that. All right, everybody. Enjoy this episode, Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone Podcast. Here we go. Another awesome episode of the Two Fit 
raises, and we just happen to have another fantastic guest. Kamna, how are you? Hello, I'm doing well. Awesome, awesome. So, for everyone, you know that if you heard in the show notes, um, actually, no one falls onto our airwaves, Kamna. By the way, so there's always some sort of story, some connection, and we cross paths. I don't know how many months ago now on a storytelling like pitch. Um, and what's interesting is that the person who ran that was Jordan Gross. Ah, who Jordan Gross. actually was on our podcast um, a few years ago when he was coming out with his first book and went on a podcast. What was it? How many in a row? Like a hundred? I think something? he did it like a hundred and a hundred days or something like that. He went on this like podcast kick. Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, he had come on our show and we learned about him. So when he put out this like, hey, I want to do this like storytelling competition, um, I was like, yeah, you know, why not? And I got to hear your story, and you know, and some other, you know, pretty fascinating. I would, would say the least. There was people of all, you know, shapes and sizes and colors and ethnicities and, you know, from all around the world telling very interesting stories. And that's why, you know, I heard from you and a couple other people and I'm like, yeah, I think I want, I think I want to hear more from her. I think, I think she's got some, uh, some information and some stories that our listeners from around the world would, would like. So Welcome. Thank you so much, both of you. Thank you very much. So I want to hear, tell our listeners, how the heck did you get involved with the whole storytelling, that pitch that we did, that storytelling night? Yeah, sure. So just before that, I was an IT engineer in India. And then I moved to the US when my husband came to US and I left my job. I did a 10-year corporate career. My job was great. I was earning well, but the only thing was it was too hectic for me to maintain. So I just left it. I came to the U.S. and there was nothing for me to do. And I thought that U.S. was already always a dream. So, you know, that American dream, it was always there. But within a few months, it got crushed. I, I, I try to be very active and I'm a very I try to maintain like some good stuff and social um, skills. But the only thing was that I had no friends. I didn't know driving. I, I was just very, felt very isolated. My husband was working full time. I had nothing to do. And then a, a tragedy struck us. Like I had my first miscarriage and then it was so new to me. Everything was so new to me that I was, heartbroken of course I was in grief and then after some time I started writing on medium and through medium uh, it was like six months of writing my audience grew and then I had some 30,000 followers and then this storytelling came and I realized that um, I had something to say because this whole journey taught me a lot about my life and uh, so I just, uh, Jordan, I knew Jordan from Medium because he writes on Medium too. And then we just came and I told my story and that's how it happened. It, it's incredible. And, and thank you for sharing all of that about yourself. 
you know, it's very important for for us to understand all these things. So, what was it that you were writing on Medium about? What what is? We're just day to day life. Were you having some stories? You know, was it all uh, true stories, fiction? What are you? What were you yeah. doing? So basically, started with journaling. Actually, I just started writing about self help articles. You know, uh, when I had my first miscarriage and I told uh, this to my family, my parents understood. But there were some of my relatives who asked me questions like, "Were you working out? Were you doing something?" So I were I was so shocked uh, because I didn't know that people are so ignorant about it. How can it happen? What can be the reason? Is working out can be a reason, or am I being active can be a reason? And then I thought it's very important to share that on medium because. I thought that I'm very fit. Nothing can happen to me. My body has been very fit. I am a fitness freak. And then all those things first I realized and then it was important to share it with the audience. And that's how it happened. So I started writing about self-help, about my miscarriages experience. And after 6 months I got into art history. So now this was very very like this was very surreal or you can say a very happy coincidence I started reading paintings now I am an indian and I haven't read about western art so when I read paintings about michelangelo or say some very good painters maybe picasso and all these are very famous painters but I found paintings which we don't know or maybe the uh, symbolism we don't know like why michelangelo's women were so manly when you go to vatican you will realize that the paintings and the women he created were very manly i started writing all this and um, like my articles hit off one of them went viral my audience grew i started monetizing and then i just doubled down on it and then i started writing about art history so i have written some 400 articles and then i started my youtube channels on the similar lines it is just an extension of my writing it's growing at a very slow pace but not like medium but yes i'm working on it and then i started my own publication and all these things happened so now i write a lot about art history good for you that's you know it's a unique niche right something i wouldn't have thought of and and uh you know it's it's captain are, are you an artist as well i mean is it is it art or is it just something that kind of caught your eye i was never an artist i always thought that i'm not creative to you know because i always worked in a cubicle i worked into it i was a data analyst i was always like a nerd person <laughs> i never thought that i could do anything related to art artist or maybe in any any of those sort of things but i was so wrong all these 3 years have opened so many avenues for me like anybody anyone who is into it or who is into a field which is like very kind of nerdy or geeky is creative you just need to find that in yourself and that's what happened wow so how let's i mean let's go back to this so coming from and i mean you're you're talking to two people who you know we call ourselves recovering um from former careers like yourself where you know you you did the careers that you were supposed to do right that were accepted by your families and what culture said and what we should be doing and and making the money because money is success and you know even if it's something you're not happy about that 
you know, we, you know, I'm a recovering banker and teacher who was like, no, there, this isn't it. There's something more. And I, I don't exactly know until, until you do. And Brian, same thing. Yeah. No, recovering mortgage banker as well. <laughs> you know, just was, was, you know, living in the cubicle and, and just knew that there was something greater and bigger and, and all these things. And, you know, it wasn't really like, I felt like I was living until you break free from some of that. Now, some of these circumstances, it sounds like fell upon you and not necessarily, you know, were by choice for you and your husband moving here and all these things. And then the isolation that comes with it. But I, you sure as heck have rebounded. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think that uh, you know you've clearly found something that uh, is is satisfying and lucrative, uh, which is important too, right? We can't just go around playing all the time, even though if it's work, it's play, it's fun. So what I want to I want to go back to because I think it is I really think it's very powerful, especially for you know we deal with health and wellness, but that also is mental health. And, and being happy and taking care of who you are. And you have definitely been through a bunch. You mentioned, you know, the, the miscarriage or whatnot. But I got to, I had the privilege of hearing you tell your full story. And now I'm not going to ask for the full story. But was, you know, I would ask you to share, was that you know, was that it? Was that the line in the sand for you? Was that, you know, did you reach a low where you felt I, I'm, I've got to pick myself up or was there something that, you know, that helped or that, that did it for you to move on? Definitely there was a low and there, those lows come and go. So growth is not always like linear. It is always baby. That happened a lot because then I had my second miscarriage. So in between, in between that time, I realized almost so much, you know, that um, I come from a family of mental disorders. My father has bipolar disorder. So always my siblings and I have been very open about our mental health. Now, India is a country where we had a lot of taboo about mental health. And so we could not discuss it very easily with our relatives. Like keep our parents aside, they have been very progressive. But then when I told about my relatives and about my father, so we have been very open about it. My husband knows it. We care a lot about our mental health. And there was a time when there came a dip uh, that I could not, that I could not come out. And when it happened the first time, it hit a lot. I realized, I realized very important points that in order to keep your physical health healthy, you need to keep your mental health healthy. And both mentally and physically, we are so related. It's like that is why it is known as holistic health. Because if you are keeping your mind healthy, it's you're, you are physically healing. And that's how I healed, you know. I never had a surgery going on. It was naturally everything was helping me because I was doing yoga and meditation. And that time I realized these tools and techniques are so important. Like we talk about them so much and these are like kind of trending now, but meditation is, a, is an ancient process from India. It's like happening from so much a long time and meditation should be there. It should be a part of life and we should normalize it. It should not be trending. That's what I mean to say. Absolutely. 
and that's how and that's how so there were so many lows of course like my husband i think touch what i have married the best man he helped me come out of it and uh, i started yoga i started meditation and that time i realized fully that if i'm keeping my mind healthy or if i'm keeping my physical health healthy then both of them are so related it just helps you to be healthy in holistically and that's how i came out of it but then the second miscarriage happened what i again delved into victim's mentality now this is what happened in the us and then we moved to canada so currently i live in calgary alberta and when i came here so when anything happened to you or anything bad happens to you you go into introspection and then you realize all those things were so useless because you are blaming other people for that but the, i was doing the same thing i was blaming the american medical system we all know that how it works how the healthcare works but the doctors couldn't do anything because there was nothing for my miscarriages which could have been saved but i was continuously blaming them i was doubting all my decisions that why i came to the us why i left my job i had such a good job and now i'm not earning anything all those things started coming to me and then after 6 months when i started earning so well from medium i realized and then i had some a second check up from the doctor the doctor told me that whatever doctors could do in america did their best you were saved and then i realized that that had to happen and you guys know that there are some things in your life where you don't have answers for them just leave them as it is you don't have to have answers for all the questions like bill gates says this you don't have to have answers for all the questions and then i just left it i realized that all these things will now after 30s you'd realize your real life comes in you'll have all those things the only thing is that how you can build your resilience and that it was so important for me like i built my resilience board how it was so important for me and how i started building my resilience my mental health my physical health everything played a very vital role in building it and of course talking to your partner talking to your parents about it everything just helped and you know what when these things and these tragedies happened with me i started talking it on social media and then people came out with their own experiences because somehow miscarriage is a subject where people don't talk about it maybe because this is not a subject to be talked about but when you come out of it people tell you about their journeys and how they how in india especially women suffered from it and they just hide it i don't know why they hide it but then that happened and then i talked to so many of my friends and it just healed me it healed me internally and after 6 months when christina i came to the storytelling i this was one of the speeches which i gave to one of my friends and that friend told me that after suffering from so much i could realize that you have totally healed that is why you could write so much about it so that's wonderful so i think all these things just helped me uh, to be a better person maybe to be my better version I love the fact that you started writing and that you started talking. And I think there's a lot of people out there that don't they they don't know how to express themselves and they don't know how healing it is to just speak. 
to just say, you know, I've been through this and and have people say, so have I or me too. And this is what I did. And, you know, that that in and of itself, what you just said, is so powerful. I mean, Brian and I talk a lot about, you know, you're upset about something or something's on your mind and we go for a run and, you know, kind of clear our mind. But that does one thing for the body. But what are we doing to speak, to, you know, kind of heal and spread that with someone else? And what's interesting is I always, you know, I remember hearing this is a this I don't know how many years ago now like almost 15 years ago I went through a bunch of fertility stuff and couldn't get you know couldn't get pregnant and I remember doing a lot of reading and the reading was like shame and a lot of women were would blame themselves oh well this is my fault something's wrong with me I'm defective and you're like wait it and just to to even speak as I remember saying that to someone and they're like, oh yeah, I went through that too. And it was like, oh yeah, I did this too. Oh, which did you do? Did you do this, this, this? And it was so comforting to, to be like, oh my gosh, this is normal. Why are we not talking about this? It's everyone. I know, don't laugh, but I'm going to bring it up again. Um, I always say that we, there's a, most of us can live on the Island of misfit toys, right? (laughs) Okay. Everyone's got like, you know, there's the train with the square wheel and the fish that, you know, breathes oxygen. I own that. Like, I own my dysfunction or my, you know, whatever's wrong. Brian, so do you. No, we're all a mess. We're, but we, we speak it. And by speaking it, you, you're healing and you're healed from this and you own it and you use it as a gift. And it's so cool that you do so much writing because it's your gift. And as awful as that is, that's such a gift for you to be able to see. So I just, I just think it's so cool. I'm it's, sorry. No, it's it's like it's one thing to get the poison out of your your body, your right. system, your brain, and just get it out, and then it's another thing to see that poison then become like fertilizer for other people around you to help them grow. You know, it's like, and and it just kind of helps everything and everybody, and and uh, you know, look, we we. There's plenty of groups out there that go and tell about their, you know, their their experiences or their tragedies and their things and and everybody gets better together. So, you know, that's that's what you're doing and that's uh that's pretty neat. Very well said. Yes. I agree with all of it. So, take us take us forward now. So, you did that, you did this amazing, you know, storytelling little uh little story and really wowed everybody. Do you now, are you taking that on the road more? Now, I know you write and, you know, I know you do a lot of that and you're, you're YouTubing, but what, what do you see in the future with that? Yeah, sure. So uh, I would continue writing because writing has become a very integral part of my life. And I write Sometimes I write about technology too, because I have been into technology for so many years, but I write mostly on art history. And and now when I have done so much, I have realized that followers don't mean a lot to you. Your audience means a lot. Now, there's a difference between the two, which we need to realize. And I realized only after creating work for two years. 
30,000 followers doesn't mean anything to me. My my size of audience, which I have maybe 50 or 60 people who sometimes message me personally that they want to listen about this or they want to read about this or maybe they commission any article that matters to me now. That is very important. And that is how I want to take my journey to. Now, having said that, it doesn't mean that um, like I write daily and everything comes to me. No, I have so much creativity block. I give a lot of time to it. And then I have realized that you cannot force creativity on yourself. Whenever I don't feel like writing, I feel like reading. I published the best part about creator economy, you know, is that like, suppose I had to publish a book. I never waited for any publisher to come to me. I just had so many, we have so many platforms now. Internet has given plethora of opportunities. You go and publish on Gumroad. You go and publish on Kindle ebook. So I published my two ebooks. And that is how I realized that you just do one thing and then you don't have to wait professionally for another thing because now you have got so much opportunities. You can start your own podcast, say you can start your own YouTubing. So there are so many platforms. Now, having said that, my future plans would be to continue writing, but I'm also looking for maybe a day job as a customer success manager. I want to change my profile and just to earn some more money. I am looking for a day job with these side hustles. So I want to continue this. And I also love public speaking. So I am a Toastmaster. I would continue that too. Yeah, so these are the things I'm looking forward to. And let's see how this goes. I, I love what you just said, and you're not the first person to come on the show and say that you don't have to wait anymore for publishing or any of that stuff. You just do it, and that's what we did with this podcast. You know, we didn't really have, you know, we didn't have any expertise in broadcasting or anything. We watched YouTube videos to learn how to upload and and edit and and all these things, and and then you know the next thing you know we're you know, 300 episodes into the whole thing and, and, you know, just moving wow. along over, and over four, what, over four and a half years now, something like that. And, Crazy. and you just don't have to wait. And, you know, we've had people, very successful people come and say, I had manuscripts sitting on the shelf waiting for a publisher. So I just did it myself. And then, you know, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's great. What a world we live in. Right. And we're all connected. You're in Calgary and, and we're here in, in New Jersey and we can have awesome conversations about you know it's just what's going on in our lives and 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 you you know you you you're so you're so direct in your your story and you tell us the truth and we we listen to you and um and you know so it's just it's just you know it's just it's just great we it's like now we have friend we're, we're friends now because you told us the <laughs> truth it's like it's great conversation so can you tell us or tell our listeners about medium by the way, I know we've been talking about this, um, but a lot of people don't know what that is. Can you expound? Sure. Yeah. So Medium is a blogging site where anyone can publish. You don't need any, you don't need, like you don't need to invest any money. Just open your account and start publishing whatever you want to say. Just give it your voice and start writing. It is one of the best blog blogging platforms in the world. Why? Because when you write on Medium, Medium distributes it to their audience. You don't have to work on SEO, say, or maybe start a blog, invest some money. 
they'll be doing it. You just need to focus on your writing. And that's the best part. Because nowadays, when you focus, like, say, let's say you start writing on Medium and you have 100 followers, then you can start monetizing. People are earning $10,000 from Medium in a month. And I'm not kidding. I don't come into that category. But yes, I have friends who I know who earn so much and they are some brilliant writers. So anybody who is a writer or anybody who's looking to write, start writing on Medium. Don't open your own blog because then you just have to focus on writing. If they like your writing, which you'll obviously get good into, they'll distribute it. You don't have to worry about it. So like I... I was never a writer. I never thought I could write because English is my second language. And I was always used to worry that writing is just a mixture of some using some good vocabulary words, hard words, and then coming out of it. I never thought that writing has to be very simple so that it can go to a wide audience. Like why Mark Manson, who has written a book, which is so famous, right? Why he got so famous? Because he writes so easy and it just struck with everyone. So that is what, uh, so that is how you can start writing your, your like content will be distributed. And after writing some 50 articles, pick a niche. Like I wrote some hundred articles and then my niche was art history. Why? Because my audience liked it. So maybe just give the stats to the audience and don't worry about it. Write some 10 topics, say say self-help, say writing, or maybe say fitness. Fitness is such a brilliant, you both know that people earn so much from it. Like just, and whatever, the main thing I have realized is money will be a consequence of the work you do. Money should not be a motivator. I'm not telling don't earn money. Very important. It's very important for your living. But then it should be a consequence of what you are doing. Are you providing any impact to the people? If yes, definitely you're going to earn money. So I think focus on all those things and then definitely it's one of the best platforms. Start writing and see how your journey goes. I've written medium down four times already in this medium, 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 medium. All right. Yeah, you got me. You sold me on that. Uh, yeah, it's it's fantastic. And that's the way I, I that I always like to write the way that I like to read, which is like a conversation. Right. I like to write like a conversation like it's just me. And, uh, you know, I, I, I always find it phony when people bust out the thesaurus and go like heavy adjectives. You know, it's like it, it, no one as a former English teacher, uh, professor. It's very difficult not to want to I put know. in super superfluous words. Right. You know, I'm like, nobody says plethora. I do. Get the hell out of here. I say plethora all the time. <laughs> exactly. You're an a English plethora teacher. Of, of opportunities, you know, it, we, you know, what's funny is. Um, when I was like entrenched in writing my book, entrenched, it was entrenched. <laughs> <laughs> Shut it. Oh yeah. Um, that you know, my my editor would be like, you know, Christine, I understand what you're trying to say, but the average person is not going to understand the whatever kind of reference you're making to whatever. And you you sit back and it's like, what are the like you said, what are the best you know, conversations or best things you've learned many times. It's not the, you know, these crazy stories or whatnot. It's actually something that just provides you with a feeling and an emotion that you can connect with. And that I think 
with you, you are such a talented writer. And when I heard you speak, you could feel the emotion. You, you know, your audience, like you said, I love that you just said that, that it's about your audience and not about your followers. Because we are so obsessed right now with followers. How many followers? How many likes? How many? And we start to validate our self-worth by our likes and by the, the comments. And it, it, it's so self-defeating when, you know, what are we trying to do here? It's, you know, with whether it's health and fitness and wellness. I mean, what you're, you're doing the same thing we are. We are trying to provide people with some sort of information and serve others so that they either live a better life or they enjoy reading about art history or they can, you know, empathize with what you've been through. And, you know, it's not about, you know, it's really about the, the small amount of, of important people that, that matter in the world. Very true. I think if one person, if you are making impact on one person, I know this sounds very cliche, but this is so true when you are into creator economy, just make an impact on one person and then you'll realize that you really want to write for that person. Because when I get a message, like suppose, for example, I got a message, he's a, phys- he's a physicist, you know, in California. And he is so much into art that he gives me like, he gives me homework. You have to, you, you have to read about this painter. You have to read and always a commission article. And I'm like, so I'm like, so surprisingly happy because he's in, he's a physicist say, and he's so much into art history. He gives me write about this painter. Next time I want to know about this painter. It gives you so much motivation. Okay. Somebody's reading your work. There's another person who is a teacher. He lives, I think, in Chicago. I'm not very sure. And then he also messages me personally. I want to know about this painter. Can you can you write? And you get so much. Like those pe- people are so curious that you become curious to know so many things. And then all these things happen, you know. And this and this is so good. Like when you are into this, you find, okay, your, your work is getting recognized first of all. And the second thing is that you are, you are making it like you are liking it. I used to do IT because it was purely for a living, but now I like my work and, and then I earn from it. It's like a next level feel. Absolutely. I have a sister who she will, she will call me up because I do a lot of work with, you know, arthritis and chronic disease, fitness and whatnot. And when I write articles, there's many times my sister, my older sister will call me and say, Hey, I was just at the doctor and they said something about how arthritis could affect the heart. This is why I wrote that article. She's like, can you uh, research that and maybe write an article on it so I can find out more information? I'm like, okay, I'll put that on the list, you know, (laughs) but you know, that's just one example of people will come and ask questions and you're like, yeah, you know what? That's interesting. I haven't really heard a lot about that. And, and then you start to say, well, if, if this person's interested I'm curious. I don't know. And then how many other people have that same question? And that's what I think I love that you said about listen to your audience. What do they like? Are you, and, and that becomes interesting to you. I mean, obviously you love the topic, but it, it's almost like you have a greater purpose. It's not just fulfilling an article. It's fulfilling something for someone else, which is so much better. 
Right. So I joined a writing course where uh, there was an analogy which was given, which I found it absolutely correct. If you take two semi, if you take two circles and you have a subset in between, right? That subset is that you have to satiate your curiosity and you have to write for your audience. And the two sides are curiosity and follow your audience. I mean, I don't know if you're getting it mm-hmm. yeah. like visually, but but that makes so much sense because you have to you have to satiate your own curiosity plus you have to work for your audience so just make a balance on it sometimes maybe i don't like writing but then i'm earning money from it so i write about it sometimes i just write for myself maybe people are not reading it you need to have a balance on it that's what i have realized in last 3 years that keep finding balance on it and then just moving ahead so you'll not feel demotivated even if when people are not reading your work because most of the people who quit they just come on a point where they feel demotivated when people don't read your work correct that happens in every any in like influencer economy creator economy but then those people will only succeed because there was a time when i wrote 100 articles and i had 10 views like 10 people were reading my article and when it went to 400 then 50000 people were reading my article right i really realized always i used to read this progress is greater than perfection i never imbibed it but when all this happened it everything made sense to me okay now this is making sense so yeah i guess it's a journey and that's why people say it's a journey but there have been so many instances where i really wanted to give up but then i just come because when i see my accomplishments maybe how little they are but then it just motivates me to do better i think we can take that and cross and <laughs> and put that across any like you know like profession the- any anything that anyone Keep is doing up. Oh my gosh, it's you know there's going to be times where you're like, yeah, I don't want to do this. There's there's days I sit in front of my computer and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to write this course. Yeah, I don't want to do this this whatever article or project I'm working on and then I'm like, yeah, but like, like you know what? You know oh, that and then there's the days where I'm like, yeah, this is awesome and you like bang out so much. Um there is that balance of you know, not every day is rainbows and unicorns. I mean, unless you're in my house, you know. <laughs> how, how do you go how do you go about your research how do you how do you come up with you know looking at or finding new artists i guess people are recommending them to you at this point uh, the physicist in california is sending you leads i guess and uh but how do you go about it how do you discover new art and and you know yeah. where do you start with with it reddit is a very good source reddit is like my go to source for everything there are so many good channels there you know one of the channels is uh, where you need to find a painting like they give a painting which is like anonymous by any artist but it's a very valuable one and people start giving names for it i mean there are so many brilliant folks out there who just give the names so that's one of the sources which i go to then you have youtube you have podcast there are some exclusive podcasts on art history and that's how i came with the name why michelangelo's women were so manly because that's how i came from the podcast you know that article like hit 20k views mm-hmm. and that was one of my semi viral articles so these things which go unnoticed even in front of you people love them they want to know more about them like right absolutely so yeah these are my go to sources but i just make sure that um 
like you only have to make sure that these are credible sources and then because then it becomes your responsibility for physicist is reading your and he uh, reading your work and he has got so much knowledge about art history like he went to spain he was giving me some painting okay so he always gives me homework which is like the most wonderful part because i get my writing prompts from there so yeah i mean yeah these are my sources it's, it's very it's very similar to the way that i find new music these days Right. I'm not in clubs. I'm not, you know, if I go see a concert, maybe I'll see an opening band or something like that. But, you know, and there's no music on television anymore. And the radio is dead because I have satellite radio and, you know, and all these things. So and you you see the name, maybe you see people giving lots of thumbs up on it and then you YouTube it. Right. And then you listen to it. And it's just it's very, you know, it's very similar. It just kind of reminds me of the way that you are able to go find new music these days. Kamna, yeah. question for you with um, with your writing and with you know everything you're doing on a day to day. How often are you putting out content on Medium versus YouTube? Yeah, a very good question. So when I started out, I was putting four articles a week. When I made my audience and my followers, I had to diversify my income stream because you cannot rely on Medium. And then I started doing freelancing. So now I make sure that I put two articles a week on Medium so that my audience and now I put premium articles there. I just I I read a lot and then maybe I just like if I have 10 ideas, let's say I will just pick one idea and write about it. So uh, just the premium articles on Medium. Yeah. So that's right. how I go now because some of the freelancing work takes my time. And then I have to divide it to diversify my income stream. And how's how's YouTube? How are you how are you working through that? You're editing all your own videos. You're doing uh, you're doing yeah. a lot of the work yourself, or is that something you sub out? So YouTube, you know, it's so you all know, like it's so highly competitive. First of all, and then when I started out, so when I started, I have six hundred subs right now, more than six hundred subs. And when I started out, I got a sponsorship from one of the person who gave me monthly sponsorship, which I just, which was again, a motivator for me. I do, I started with recording my videos and then my husband does the editing. He's a wonderful editor. But then we realized that my voice was not that great for the audience, which I have in America and Europe, because most of the words I could not pronounce correctly the artist, and it was taking a lot of my time. So I outsourced my voiceovers, which I did a great work because after that I got my second sponsorship on YouTube. I thought so, like I'm just experimenting whatever is working. And then my husband does the editing. So now my voiceovers are outsourced and he does the editing. I write the script. It's a collaboration. It's a very homely collaboration between my husband and me. (laughs) Very, Very cool. He sounds like he's a good guy to have around. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I, you know what? I real quick, I wanted to touch on something that you had mentioned before, which was the meditation and you know yoga and all these things that you know you, you always you said that they're ancient and you know and and especially in your you know in your homeland where you know this is normal maybe perhaps behavior, but you know it's it's always considered we call it new age, right? It's the new age yeah. stuff when it's as old as time. Uh, you know, let's let's talk about that for a second because maybe it relates to your artwork too. You know, why why is it that we 
kind of thumb our nose at this stuff or make it seem like it's wacky or, you know, unconventional when it's proven time and time again for thousands of years? Mm. Very nice question. Well, I, what I think is we are into an age where information is so much like you are just opening your phone. You are, you have a plethora of notifications. You have everything. Okay. So everybody is just, you, everybody is just surrounded by so much information, like how cringe that information may be. You have so many platforms, you have TikTok, Instagram, all those things, you know, and now people are, have started realizing that they need to calm their mind. So now these things are again getting trending and they are calling it new age, which was so ancient, actually. That's how meditation, that's how yoga has come, has played such a vital role in everybody's life, I think. I mean, it's so much important nowadays to just calm your mind to just get away from those notifications, to just not see TikTok and just see some something outside. Like I, uh, I especially was, I'll tell you a funny story, which will be very quick. Like my Instagram account got logged last to last year in 2020. And I was literally crying in front of my husband as if I'm an influencer on Instagram <laughs> and I was earning through it, you know, nothing happened, nothing stopped. I was just, you know, everything was running. The only thing was that my instant gratification, I could not take it. If I'm posting something like 100 people liking it, my dopamine effect is just too high. Those things were not happening. And I was crying. Oh, my account is logged as if I was some influencer with 100K, 100K <laughs> followers. Nothing like that. Nothing stopped. The world went on, you know. That time I realized how much I am like my phone is owning me and not I am owning my phone. And that was an eye opener, you know, from last year, I have just stopped all my notifications. I own my phone personally. Now I see my notifications and that's how it was so wonderful. That thing happened. I mean, like really. So, yeah. So I think, yeah, uh, your question makes a lot of sense. We call them new age, but these things are so much important for millennials and not only millennials for everyone. All right. Before we, before we end today, what we need to do, even though we know that our phone is not going to own us. Okay. It is important for all of our listeners to be able to find you and to find <laughs> these articles and everything that you are doing. We want to make sure that, you know, we can, um, we can get that information out to everyone. Will you, for our audience, and then we'll also put this in our show notes as well, will you tell everyone how to find you on social media and also Medium? Yeah, sure. So I have a very simple thing. Uh, I don't have a website, but I have a link tree where all my social media handles are linked, especially my Medium, my eBooks, and my YouTube channel. And that's just linktree slash forward slash Kamna Kirti without any space. That's easy. Okay. All right. Yeah. Linktree so is a wonder. That's where you can find all my stuff. Beautiful. Beautiful. So before we end today, I, I have to. I have to ask for you to give our listeners one like golden nugget one piece of advice, something that you 
can pass along or would like to share with them, no pressure, go. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, uh, so Christine, you were into that storytelling competition. I'm not sure whether I said this, but this is such a beautiful quote by Rainer Rilke, which I always remember whenever we have any adversities or any circumstances which we cannot deal with. I really want to quote that uh, for for your audience. Let everything happen to you. Beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. And this was one of the quotes which came in Jojo Rabbit, which was which is an Oscar winning movie, I think. And this quote I saw while I was miscarrying, you know. And it made so much sense that time. Like I was crying, but I was making so everything was making sense that time. So this is one of the thing which I personally feel I want to know. I want to tell everyone that things will come, things will go. Just keep yourself sane and work on the things that make you happy. Honestly, guys, that's a very, that's a very cliche thing. But whatever makes you happy, just do that. Pursue it. If you cannot pursue it uh, full time, I agree with you. Make it as a side hustle. Start doing but that side hustle should not be toxic. Keep your mental health and physical health very uh, your priority. I love it. I love it, and I'm gonna. Sh- I have a friend that's going through some things, and I'm gonna share that with them today. And most definitely, I needed to hear that, and I needed to have this conversation today, Christine. And this is mm-hmm. a good one. I told you. I she's know great. she's good. She, Christine always reassures me. I, it's not that I ever <laughs> doubt her. She's just like, "Wait, do you hear this?" I have an so. antenna, and I, I, <laughs> I seek, and I know good people. There's energy that just lights up, and I'm like, hmm. yeah. I'm like, mm, you. Yep. Yep. So everyone needs a little bit uh, more calmness in their life. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of your story and journey with our listeners around the world. I think, you know, when we talk about, you know, health and fitness and movement, um, the mind and really doing what you love and heading towards your passions and resilience is just as important as anything else. So thank you for coming on and lighting a fire under some yes. of us out there needed it mm-hmm. so thank you for having me thank you both of you beautiful well we will be in touch and you know what with that said it is christine conti and i'm brian prendergast and we are two fit crazy and the microphone we are where it's at peace